welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. And I'm Kurt Mackison, the executive director. And uh, this week's uh, news item, we're going to talk about the Capitol bus in that's coming up in April. That'll be April 21st and 22nd. That's in Washington, D.C. For folks interested in signing up, we have one-stop shopping on our website. So if you want to go to yellowbuses.org.org, you can find all the information you need um, on the website. Just click on the tab that says meetings. Or if you want to do it the traditional way, we're always happy to help you if you contact us at info at yellowbuses.org. That's info, I-N-F-O, at yellowbuses.org. Hope to see you in Washington, D.C. on April 21st and 22nd. So now today, uh, we're so pleased to have Corey Muirhead, Executive Vice President of Logan Bus Company. And then also in his spare time, he is the president of the New York School Bus Contractors Association. So welcome to the bus stop, Corey. Hi, Kurt. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Hey, listen, we always start these segments on asking our guests, and, and there have been some really great stories about their background and how they got involved in student transportation. So I'm sure the listeners will want to know, you know, how you got involved with student, student transportation and, you know, what's your experience been with the industry? Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I have an interesting background. You know, the owners of Logan Bus are my childhood neighbors, and uh, I often joke around and get teased by the other contractor friends I have when we say that my start of the school bus industry is when I was employed by the Logans uh, when I was hired to water their plants. <laughs> so, uh, but but that's truly how it started. They, you know, they're a great family, and they've always been amazing to me. And we developed a great relationship over time. You know, I worked hard. I was always on time. I was prompt. I did my job. So when college came around, I was majoring in business, and I wanted a paying internship. But I didn't want to take the train to the city every day because I lived on the beach, so I wanted to have the summer. But uh, I asked Logan's if I could work there. They, you know, their office was about 30 minutes away from me. Uh, driving distance, and they owned a very successful business. So I said, hey, you know what? I have a relationship there. You know, let me try and work. They run a great, successful business. Let's go. Let's go intern over there. So they said, of course. That was my uh, that was my junior year. Uh, I really enjoyed it so much so that my senior year, I worked every chance I had. Uh, you know, five years later, I'm the, uh, the executive vice president of Logan. You know, we're considered the captains of industry. I think we're one of, I believe, the five largest school bus companies in the country. Uh, we're the first in New York State to run a stop arm pilot program, and we'll be the first uh, in New York City to run electric school buses. You know, I, I've now become the chief negotiator for collective bargaining agreements, stretching over 4,000 employees. And uh, my quote unquote magnum opus, what I've become most known for uh, is I negotiated the latest New York City school bus industry's $1 billion five-year contract. Well, and that's a, a a large list of accomplishments, Corey. And it's obvious, you know, with your passion, you bleed yellow. And now you've kind of taken that passion to another level as president of the New York School Bus Contractors Association. You know, tell the listeners a little bit about the organization and some of the things that you're involved in. Yeah, I, I love that association. I'm really happy to get a part of, uh, be a part of that. You know, a big thank you. Uh, to Bob Pate, John Cord, John Carrado, Neil Stroll. You know, these are all pillars of our industry. They're all NSTA members as well. Uh, you know, they they got me involved in that association, I, I'd say about five, six years ago. And um, what's great about, you know, the New York School of Concrete Association is you get principal officers of some of the biggest small businesses in the area being private school bus companies 
who are like-minded individuals with a common cause, common issues, common problems, common successes like you in a room, and you get to bounce ideas and learn from each other. And then you get to spin those conversations into something that will benefit the entire school bus industry. Uh, you know, this, this, this speaks to NSTA too, but parents take for granted how well a school bus company runs with no issues. Well, you know, in fact, school bus companies take for granted, you know, how the New York School Bus Contract Association runs. You know, we're the ones in Albany protecting every school bus company in the state's interest, whether they're in the association or not. We pass right. legislation, we're able to block legislation. We have amazing relationships with legislators and regulars. We're working every day, nonstop. It's a volunteer job to protect this industry. You know, I, I, I got pretty involved in my own company in government relations through the NS, uh, New York School Bus Contract Associations, and this was a natural fit. Uh, you know, we need to educate the government and the general public more about the school bus industry. And our, I'm extremely happy that our association has been able to do that. And we've had success in Albany the past couple of years. Yeah. And, and you mentioned a few guys. So we just saw Bob Pape down in Scottsdale for our midwinter meeting and also a couple past NSTA presidents, uh, both John Core and Tim Flood, um, you know, from New York State as well. And they were big contributors to, you know, and still are to what we do at NSTA. So we thank you for that. Um, listeners should know that I did visit you guys in Saratoga Spring for your conference last year. I was impressed about the you know, multitude of things that you all are involved in. Uh, this year in your term as presidency, does one particular thing stand out? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for coming, Kurt. You know, I was happy to, to, to meet face-to-face -face there with you. And I, I, I think that you recognize this, and I'm happy you do. You recognize the importance for NSTA to have a state-level presence. And uh, I hope you got a lot out of our conference. So once again, thanks for coming. No, my pleasure. So, you know, something I guess that particularly stands out to me would be the commonality now between New York's issues and the NSTAs. You know, ride share is a credible threat to this industry. It's not exclusive to a New York issue. Electric vehicles are another, another topic. And then obviously any FMCSA ruling like entry level driver training or the new clearinghouse rules that you so helpfully stay in touch with me about and send me those emails. You know, those are all topics of discussion. You know, I, I mean, I, I guess I'd say this. People tend to think that certain topics or situations are isolated to their areas where they're the only ones feeling this. You know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Plenty of other businesses are going through the same trials and tribulations as you are. That's why you have to join the associations like the New York or the NSTA to talk to people like like that have your issues and get the help and resources you need. Yeah, it, it, and that is well said and, and so true. And no, I appreciate uh, being welcomed as a first timer to New York, uh, I had a great time. I learned a lot. I met a lot of folks. And the one thing you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Logan Bus, and I think it's a hallmark of the association when we have those meetings, we're so very disciplined about, you know, starting on time, making sure that we get the business, uh, you know, completed uh, in a timely manner. And then after that, we do a celebration and went to your awards uh, dinner and, uh, you know, met some fine people there and you were able to give out a few awards there. So it was a, a, a time well spent for me uh, outside of even, you know, meeting you and and uh, Nick and Tommy Smith and, and the crew up there. So I appreciate it. And, you know, we're obviously going to come back this year and you're hundred percent right. I do recognize the importance of having those relationships with the state association because there's so much crossover. Um, even some of the issues you deal with on a state specific level do cross over to other states. So the, the, 
the ability for me to say, hey, talk to Corey in New York. They're dealing with this um, is impactful. So I, yeah, I had a great time up there. I think nothing is a better example than the conversations that you and Nick Vallone have been able to have about the ride share. Um, you know, I think that that relationship that's cultivated and I think that the, the unique perspective you've brought to Nick about other areas facing that existential threat has been very mutually beneficial to both our associations. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to continue those, you know, conversations down the line and it'll probably be a topic for a podcast moving forward. Um, now, New York obviously is a heavy, heavily regulated state. Um, you know, how as private contractors, maybe you can give an idea, how have you guys adapted, you know, to that environment? Yeah, well, if we could catch our breath once in a while, we would be able to adapt. But... <laughs> it would be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but, you know, it feels like every day new laws or regulations are passed and uh, that, you know, that make it more difficult to operate. You know, sometimes that's true, sometimes that's not. But, uh, you know, here's how we've adapted. Getting a seat at the table. And what I mean by that is that we need to know these regulations are coming down before they actually come down. Our association has to have our ears to the ground. We need to be proactive, not reactive. There's nothing worse than being blindsided by regulations or laws that impact your business and you know nothing about it. So the association has made strides in being proactive regarding regulatory stuff. Jennifer Bruce, our executive director, has great relationships with the agencies and constantly updates us with any news uh, gossip, rumors, or anything she's hearing, you know, through her uh, contacts. Same goes with um, contractors, you know, with their own individual relationships with the with the agencies. And, uh, you know, like right now in New York, Governor Cuomo is hot to trot on regulating the limo industry because of an accident that happened last year. Right. And uh, some regulations we've, you know, almost gotten wrapped into and some we actually, in fact, have gotten wrapped into, and you know, in our DOT inspection process has changed. But we knew about this process before it actually took place and we we're able to get this message out to the general membership and explain it to people so that they know what's coming down the pike. Um, we knew about paid family leave laws that came out before um, that. We knew about the paid family leave before it came out. And, uh, you know, we had an in-person board meeting and brought people in to explain this to us. Then we were able to prepare for it, tell other contractors. And we knew we knew how to deal with the law and deal with our operational issues when people took off and things like that before it came about. So uh, I would say that we adapt to the challenges, the regulatory challenges by knowing that the challenges are coming before they actually are implemented. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh... You know, you're not the first one. It's interesting. You're not the first one to mention that a seat at the table, um, which is interesting and I think is incredibly good advice. So, uh, yeah, people should, um, heed, you know, heed that warning that uh, you got to be in it to win it. And and that's a, a good tale to tell. Um, now, from a Logan bus standpoint, you guys just announced an exciting new partnership that actually breaks ground in uncharted territory for both you and and, you know, the company. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, what a whirlwind! What a whirlwind February has been for us. So, uh, you know, on the February sixth, I was uh, invited to the mayor's state of the city address, where he announced the entire New York City for the first time ever electric school buses are going to hit the New York City streets next September. So, uh, thanks for the tight timeline, Mr. Mayor. But uh, we're really <laughs> and we're working for it. You know, it's 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 amazing that just putting five electric vehicles on 
in New York City has gotten the press and gotten the attention of the mayor himself. Uh, we're very proud of this, but uh, you know, I've been working on this project for over a year now, and I received a call from my general counsel. He was in a meeting and he asked if I was interested in electric school bus conversions. And I, and I kind of jumped down his throat. I said, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm just getting over the contract negotiations. I can't, they already want me to, to, to convert electric vehicles. Are you kidding me? And he's like, slow down. No, no, no. Like just hear these people out. <laughs> might be interested and, you know that was boy was at the uh, start of something wonderful so you know a gentleman by the name of Roger Slotkin put this whole project together and I sat with him and another gentleman named Joe Ambrosio and uh, they're two they're two people in the in the school bus industry as well and they explained to me their vision and they explained to me that an electrical conversion is uh, one-third the cost of a brand new electrical bus a fully electric bus excuse me you know and uh, right. you know immediately off the bat to me this sounded more economically feasible and you know in discussions right. with with the city of new york and you know the the executive director of the department of ed you know logan decided to go forward with this project because you know logan myself the doe the city we all needed to wrap, wrap our heads around the future of electric school buses and, you know i'm not here to advocate for new brand new school electric school buses or conversions right. i'm going to choose to remain impartial but this is a welcome study in showing whether 100% fully electric conversions are the more economical route to get us to faster fully electric school bus fleets. And that's a that's a really great point. Yeah, and so so you know I teamed up with some other captains of industry on this project, and just to kind of give you the robust view of how many stakeholders are involved in this, you know I teamed up with Amply Power, who are the uh, unique technical company that provides the turnkey uh, charge infrastructure for for the fleets. For the electrical fleets and uh, they have a patented software that maximizes the cost efficiency of charging and that's something that the city and logan are extremely interested in and that's kind of the crux of this project is is yep. the patented software that maximizes the cost efficiency of the actual charging of the vehicles uh, i teamed up with black and veach uh, they're doing the engineering analysis for the project and working with the utility companies Black and Veatch actually just worked with the MTA so they in Williamsburg, so they have material knowledge of working in New York City already. Uh, I teamed up with U Unique Technical Services. They're doing the engineering and installation of the actual chargers. And then last but not least, I teamed up with uh, Unique Electrical Services. Now, this company is doing the actual conversion of the existing Type C buses to me that are owned by me, converting them to 100% fully electric school buses. You know, and, and I want to say one more thing. None of this could be possible without the grant partner, NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. Uh, they're intimately involved in this project. We had a kickoff meeting last week, and I could not be prouder and happier and more excited. That's uh, all, all good stuff. And, you know, um, time is running short on us, but I look forward to future conversations with you, um, you know, on the podcast, specifically on the uh, electrified school bus situation and see how this project works out for you. So that'll be exciting to, uh, you know, go through that with you. Um, as we wind down, uh, you've given us so much great information, Corey. Um, in case listeners want to reach out to you and find out more about Logan Bus or the New York uh, School Bus Contractors Association, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there. Type in my name, C-O-R-E-Y-M-U-I-R-H-E-A-D. Um, or you can contact me at my Logan email address, uh, C-M-U-I-R-H-E-A-D at L-O-G-A-N-B-U-S dot com. Or if you're ever in the area, just shoot me an email or a text and, uh, you know, come visit the facilities. 
That's great. Uh, um, hopefully, we look forward to seeing it at our uh, NSTA annual meeting convention in Niagara Falls, you know, in July. But uh, Corey Muirhead, Executive Vice President, Logan Bus Company, and President of New York School Bus Contractors Association, thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop. Thank you very much, Kurt. Thanks for having me.